1: What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Got myself a cup of Strava Craft Coffee right now. And guys, Strava Craft Coffee is delicious CBD-infused coffee. So not only do you get the caffeine and delicious coffee that Strava is. You also get that CBD punch, and a lot of people say it helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. It can help relieve, and some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters, so you can have as much coffee as you want without feeling jittery, so you can drink it all throughout the day. And here's another one-two punch over at Strava Craft Coffee. If you use the code DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your entire order over at Strava Craft Coffee. And and then after you use that the first time, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, and you will get 20% off on every single order after that. And you can also have it where it's delivered straight to you, where you don't have to go on their website every couple weeks. It'll just send straight to your door at that 20% off price. So check them out over at StravaCoffee.com today to try out their delicious CBD-infused coffee and smash that code DNVR25 at checkout. All right, fellas, let's hop into the show.
2: Couple with a break, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us,
3: DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for Earmuffs Kids Asshole. <sighs> Talking about John Gruden today <laughs> and uh, how that impacts this game uh we'll get into that in a second but first want to give a shout out to msu denver our presenting sponsor of this show msudenver.edu slash online where you can go to scope out all they have to offer 750 total classes 45 plus online and hybrid programs whatever way you are looking to further your education there is most likely almost positively something for you over at msu denver so check them out and like i always say msu denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other colorado institution
1: so check them out if you're looking to work a full-time job and further your education. And really quick, if you missed our live pod yesterday, it's because we didn't have one. We had technical difficulties, so we couldn't go live. But, Ryan, Mace, it doesn't mean we didn't do a pod. Of course We not. still yeah. did a pod, so you can find that pod <laughs> anywhere you find podcasts. Just search Broncos. We'll be the first one that pops up. If you're typically used to just tuning in to the live pod, that's a way to find us any day, whenever you want. So pull us up. And, of course... My boys, what is up? The Denver Broncos still have a head coach.
3: Yeah, um, it's funny because yesterday, maybe that wouldn't have been... um, (laughs) People would have preferred they didn't, but everyone would prefer uh, that the Broncos or really anyone never find themselves in the situation that the uh, Oakland Raiders... They feel like the Oakland Raiders (laughs) right now. now it really Uh, does. The Las Vegas Raiders have now found themselves in... Um, with John Gruden um, just making. I guess it he didn't make these comments. He, it was uncovered that he's been making disgusting mm-hmm. comments. Mm-hmm. For a decade. Um, for that's, a decade now. That's
0: the thing. It's not just the one off. And, you know, he said last week after the stuff about Demarice Smith came out that, oh, what? not in my heart, blah, blah, blah. We see a pattern over seven years. Yeah. And someone. This. It's
3: funny because when it came out, I, I forget who it was, but someone. Tweeted out like someone who just casually says these things to other colleagues via email doesn't just say that one time, right. you know. Right. And I couldn't have agreed more when I read that tweet. Uh, and obviously, the facts come out now and and uh, and the Raiders are without a coach. Um, Zach, before I guess we jump into our opinions on this and what it really means for Sunday, um, why don't you just take us through the kind of timeline of events that have led us to right now?
1: So, Mace, like, like you said, last week on Friday a report came out and an email actually came out that John Gruden had sent in 2011 um, m- making fun of the the appearance of, like you said, DeMarie Smith, the NFLPA uh, and had terrible Things in there. And uh, then the Raiders didn't do anything. John Gruden coached on Sunday. After the game, John Gruden uh, talked to the media for the first time about that and played it off as uh, a misunderstanding, a one off thing. And he said he doesn't have a racist blade in his body i believe is the exact term he used does anyone have blades in their body <laughs> i don't know maybe that's maybe he's telling the truth he doesn't have a blade in doesn't his have body any blades. so how can it
0: be racist he obviously mixed his metaphors because he's thinking like blade of grass yeah. right. right. racist yeah. bone right yeah one. right exactly yeah. Uh, and uh, off topic did either of
1: you park on york yes they're giving out tickets so you might want to go move your car
0: oh I'm like oh my this is gosh, probably it the is. street sweeping oh now. <laughs> can I go? Well, be my guest. <laughs> oh, wait, it's only one side of the street, right? I don't know. Lindsay just said, so I just <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm I'm like two blocks away, but there's a lot of cars on my side of the street, but there's no cars on the other side of the street. View-wise, just. Okay, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm like two blocks over two blocks north. Oh, but still on York? No, I'm not on York. Okay, yeah. It's usually like
3: (laughs) Okay. This is Tuesday, first Tuesday of the month. That's second Tuesday of the month.
0: I'm sorry, but um (laughs) we've lost Zach. (laughs) We've lost Zach Where where did he leave off on the
3: timeline? (laughs) He was just getting past funny. (laughs) Yeah, you wanna take us through the timeline now, Mace? (laughs) Uh, he was just getting past Friday, of course. When right. uh, John Gruden it first comes out and then he had said, right, I don't have a racist blade in my body, um, which is a weird thing to say. But like you said, yeah, uh, just he mixed up his metaphors. Yeah, so then he what?
0: goes through the game, coaches the game. The Raiders, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they played poorly. And honestly, as as I went back and rewatched it on kind of on a 30-minute quick watch after on Monday, I thought to myself, that does not look like a team that's playing hard for its
3: coach. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I
0: mean, I, th- I think I didn't, probably I didn't, they knew that the maybe they knew the other shoe was about to drop. There's some indications that the Raiders actually were made aware on an organizational level were made aware of these emails before Monday. These ones that broke on Monday in the New York Times. report. That's how it always is. Yes.
3: There's always a cover-up going on. There's always a finger-crossing that, oh, the next thing doesn't come out, and mm-hmm. it ends up just making you look so much worse in the end.
0: Would it at all surprise you? This is a theory suggested by Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Would it all surprise you if the league was going to keep leaking these things until the Raiders did something?
3: Well, and that's what it was reported last... I, I want to say about by Albert Breer, but that's just yeah. a guess. Basically said... They had more, yeah. and they were waiting for the, uh, the Raiders to act mm-hmm. and basically said, the longer it takes you guys to act, the more stuff we're going to keep mm-hmm. leaking. And that also probably helped the Raiders in the leverage of mm-hmm. getting John Gruden to resign, right? Yes. Um, basically saying, hey, once you resign, this will stop,
0: although it probably won't. Um, well, now there's a question of these all came out from all the emails they took from the Washington football team as part of the investigation. There are 650,000 emails that the league has in its possession. And when we see some of the stuff with Bruce Allen, the former WFT president, involved, and we are talking about this stuff off camera, so some of the salacious uh, images that were sent in this email chain between Bruce Allen and John Gruden and the guy from Hooters down in Tampa and, and uh, Jim McVay who runs the Outback Bowl and, and another executive down there. I mean, I, I wanna I wanna know what else was there, especially if you're investigating the Washington football team. So there's a lot of tentacles here. But anyway, in regard to John Gruden, yeah on Monday, that's when we that that's when we are in the public are made aware of his emails over a seven year span that include homophobic, misogynistic, sexist. Uh, insults as well as topless pictures of Washington football team cheerleaders on top of the racial right and racist comments we know we you know there were comments about Roger Goodell there were comments about uh, there were sexist comments about about female referees who've come and worked in the or officials who've worked on on the field in the NFL the last few years I mean it was just it was vile. it was vile I mean and if you read that right away and I think we got we all probably probably came to the same conclusions like okay how does he survive he can't survive this you can't no. keep him on and
3: well but, I mean yeah. maybe it wasn't fair of me because the Raiders actually have made a lot of progress in a lot of areas and they've actually been one of the more diverse and forward-thinking teams there was part of me that thought though like eh, if anyone would to try to move forward to this it might be the Raiders
0: well the interesting thing is like I was watching an interview with Mark Davis. So good Davis. on them for right. doing the right thing. Mark Davis oh, well. has referred to John Gruden as being like a son. And,
3: and also, I, I right. guess I can't give them credit because they allowed him to resign instead of firing him. But yes. there's you know probably $70 million on exactly. the line there.
0: there. As Andrew Brandt said on Twitter, there are lawyers involved with this. Mm-hmm. I don't think John Gruden will see every dollar he's owed. I think he'll see a decent amount of it and be paid his parachute to just go away.
3: I don't know if they're going to be able to Mm -hmm. use this against him, but I do remember a quote from John Gruden. It might have even been at the Senior Bowl about the size of his contract. Mm -hmm. And he said, if it doesn't work out, I won't expect that money. Right, I'll resign. So So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So he Ticket or no uh, ticket?
1: No ticket! Let's go! Hey! All right. (laughs)
0: Yes. So... We still That's, talk about
1: John Gruden's we, stupid, eh? Yes. We are we
0: are up to Monday night, him him resigning, Mark Davis going down to the facility, mm. talking with John Gruden, Gruden being out, and then Rich Bisaccia is the interim head coach of the Raiders right now. I mean, the thing is, you mentioned it, because the Raiders organization, first Hispanic head coach, Tom Flores, first African-American head coach in the modern era, that was Art Shell, first female team president, Amy Trask, and now most recently the first openly gay player on a regular season roster in Carl Nassib, their organizational DNA is about inclusivity. Yeah. And this is and the we, very heart of that.
3: Yeah. As much as we dunk on the Raiders as an organization because they give us plenty of reasons to, that is one thing that they absolutely deserve yep. a lot of credit for. Yeah,
0: And if you're, I mean, and then on a, just from a football perspective among all others, could John Gruden go and, coach Carl Nassib how would the Hell no. how i mean the the racist comments the homophobic comments he he couldn't continue as coach because that locker room would have absolutely quit on him, may have already quit on him. Well, your whole Sunday. organization, I mean, yes.
1: you, you would be down to white males Well, well mm. we're, working in your entire organization mm. and on your team. And that, and, I mean, obviously... And a lot of
0: those white males are prob- would, are certainly furious about this, too. Yep, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Of
1: course. Um,
3: A couple of issues I have just with the whole way that this thing has played out. I don't really know where to start. I guess I'll start with John Gruden's quote-unquote apology, which was not that. Um, another
0: non pology.
3: Right. Saying you want to leave because it's a distraction, really? not because you alienated your players and you disgusted your organization and you know, disgraced the NFL. You did it because you didn't want to be a distraction. Problem with that Like uh, he's helping the Raiders out almost. Right, also problem with the the I never meant to hurt anybody, sign off. It's just so out of touch and tone deaf.
0: Why say that? Why? Why write those things in the first place? Right. I mean, it. What? Are you, what's in your heart if this is the kind of language that you're using?
3: Yeah. If your defense is, well, I did it in private instead of in public, it's not a very good defense. It's, it's mm-hmm.
1: terrible. It's yeah. terrible because that's. It shows who you are. You know, just like the Slavin's Elementary School school Code of Conduct where I went. It was,
0: uh, it, uh you know, this you is who like you Ted are Lasto even when no one is watching. You sound like Ted Lasso referring to what I learned on the grounds of Brookhaven Elementary School or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
3: <laughs> so I have an issue with that. Of course, the big thing that everyone's discussing right now is how is this the thing that comes out from that, from that investigation? Yeah. Because there's absolutely no one in the world believes that this is the only yeah. you know uh problematic thing that was uncovered in 650,000 emails which is about as many unread emails as i currently have <laughs> um <laughs> don't email me um but it, it, it it's definitely like does this come out if he didn't go after uh roger goodell is that why this came out because it was personal right. at that point right. he said you know mm-hmm. what screw that guy throw him under the bus. Um, and I just wonder, is this the only thing we're going to find out? Or did the NFL try to use this as a distraction technique and it's going to backfire on them because sometimes um, these big organizations think that we're all really dumb. Mm-hmm. We're actually not as dumb as they think we are. And all of this did was re-bring this up and put it back in the public eye to where a lot more questions are going to be asked.
0: Yeah. Look. Hey, hey Look. look the other way while we have an organization where sexist behavior is rampant and that we've kind of – shoved under the right, rug during like, like, the investigation. Look the other way while we're getting sued by the city of St. Louis and we're trying desperately to keep our emails and it from being subpoenaed yep. in this lawsuit. Right. And even in
3: the story, it it's casually brought up that they're exchanging the, the photos of the topless cheerleaders, which, of course, was part of the, or, uh, the investigation in the first that, place that yeah. they were, the terrible things they were forcing the cheerleaders to do. So, this is uh, only just begun, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, I think there are some people with a lot of questions that are going to demand answers, and I, I certainly hope so.
1: What do you guys think of the NFL turning the emails over to the Raiders and saying, what are you going to do with it, as opposed to just taking action right away?
3: <sighs> it's it's – I mean, they just wanted them to do the hard part, you know. Right.
0: Well The league is probably saying, look – he you wasn't an NFL employee because at the time of most of this because he was working for ESPN during most of this span so maybe we can't do anything but you guys figure this out it would be clearer if it were a player because then you'd have the NFLPA involved but with a coach it's a little it's a little hazier and so i think that you know that that's that's what would have come out and who, i mean who knows what was next to be released i mean would there have been some not only John Greenmouth, would there have been some emails released that spoke negatively of Mark Davis, for example? Right, potentially. Yeah. And
1: what what's such a bummer about all of that? I mean, there there's so many bummers about this. But the Raiders, like you guys said, have done so much to be inclusive and, mm-hmm. and, and be on the forefront of all of this. But then it also comes out that the Raiders had all of these emails last week uh, and, and, and knew about all of this and let him coach through the game. And it it's just, it's unfortunate, uh, not just for what they did, but also just in, in our, uh, in the world now is if it doesn't, if it's not on camera, if it's not public, then we're not really going to expose it. Right. We're not really going to make it a big deal. And the Raiders chose not to make it a big deal until New York times dropped the bombshell. And then Mark Davis did the right thing. Why can't we just do the right thing when, when we know about it, whether it's individuals, organizations. And so that, that is a black eye on the Raiders and Mark Davis.
3: Yep. I mean, this is what I, it's like the same story just plays itself right. out over and over in and
0: different over. ways you know.
1: different organizations
0: i mean gruden had his press conference monday morning he was asked one question early about about the stuff and he's like oh i just don't want i want to talk about football and then goes sure back to talking about the uh, running backs uh, and linebackers uh, and all the other stuff you know that well now he's not going to talk
1: about. about anything for the rest of his life to the public I mean, yeah, there
3: was always this idea that, oh, once the Raiders finally fire him, which, I mean, it,
1: what a failure of a hire. Just mm-hmm. top-to-bottom failure. How many How many playoff wins? Zero. How many playoff appearances? Zero. Super Bowls? Zero. Winning seasons? Zero. Zero.
0: <laughs> oh, man, what a
1: failure. I yeah. mean,
0: if you look at John Gruden's coaching arc, including his time in Tampa Bay, ever since winning the Super Bowl – he coached, of course, three plus seasons with the Raiders, and he coached six seasons with the Buccaneers. In the in though in those nine plus seasons, only two playoff appearances, no playoff wins. Yep. Very mediocre. I mean, he since winning it all with Tampa Bay, and as many players have said, you know, Tony Dungy baked the cake, put it in the oven. John Gruden basically pulled it out.
3: Right, right, and Keyshawn uh, John. Keyshawn Johnson, why does that sound weird to me today? Uh, Keyshawn Johnson said it today, uh, basically saying like he just took what was already built and kind of changed up the vibe a little bit, which re-energized people, and and that's why we won the Super Bowl. Um, And
0: Keyshawn and Gruden have a history because in the two thousand three season, Gruden actually he didn't suspend. Keyshawn Johnson he just deactivated him for the last for like the last six games of the season right and then that was it because of uh the run-ins they've had so there's yeah there's but what I, yeah what there's I was gonna there. say
3: is there was always this idea once the Raiders finally fire him he'll just go back to Monday Night Football yeah. and yeah. he'll have that cushy gig mm-hmm. for the rest of his career nope and, nope he's just done and how about it that mm. the the it, oh it really maybe like all... Liberty
1: will hire him to be their football coach <laughs> oh, <on> right <laughs> the uh Liberty that would be an interesting name of a, of a school to serious. hire him for that um Baylor and yeah, has, yeah boy, geez. And how about that, though, that John Gruden, all of this unravels during Monday Night Football.
3: Pretty crazy. It's so the last
1: time he'll be on Monday Night Football.
3: Yep, and I'm sure Mike Tirico feels awkward about defending him just one night before on Sunday Night Football. Yeah,
1: that yeah. was that was
3: weird. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, let's move mm. into, now that we have the timeline established, um, move into what it means moving forward. Um,
0: what? Who's the coach now? Rich Bisaccia who he's their special Don't spoonerize th- that name yeah <laughs> he's their special teams coordinator he's been with them since john gruden got there and he coached with john gruden in tampa bay as well same role special teams coordinator so that, so ever since oh two when john gruden's been on the sideline bisakshi has been there with him he's also coached with the chargers and the cowboys uh over the years as well and Kind of an interesting trend that we've seen among some teams to turn to the special teams coordinator when they need an interim coach. Oh, absolutely. Broncos know, know all about exactly. that. Exactly. The mm-hmm. whole thought being... He did a right. damn good job, too. Who? Jody
1: Camillus. Yeah. He, football. He pretty much said that about himself.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they got, what was it, 17-6 to six or something yeah. was the final was like score? 21,
0: 13. Yeah. there? 21-13. Yeah. There were some dumb penalties. It was just... It was a rudderless Russell ship O'Kung that night.
3: I think, had a hold that brought back a touchdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a good night. First night uh, they ever wore the color rushes, I believe. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. It was all orange versus royal blue. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And the last game the Broncos ever played in San Diego.
1: Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. A lot of firsts, a lot of lasts. But yes,
0: but that's sort of the the trend. Uh, the trend, and the reason why you do that is the special teams coordinator is familiar with the most players on the team because he's got offensive guys, defensive guys on his unit. It's the least disruptive for offense, defense play calling. Although, with the Raiders, of course, John Gruden heavily involved in the play calling. There, so you're gonna that, that that's that that's a thing the Raiders are gonna lose here. Is they're gonna mm-hmm. lo- Is they're gonna mm-hmm. lose? Uh, John John Gruden's play calling. But uh, Basakia, been around the block, 61 years old. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll see. I, I can't, a- unless they go on an absolute tear here, I don't see this as a permanent solution. No. Especially, frankly, being someone who's so close to John Gruden going back to the right. Tampa Bay days right. as right. well. So the Raiders that's, are probably going to uh, want a culture
3: that's to y- change here. That's the other thing I was thinking is... Do, do the pl- I want to talk about well, we're going to talk about this in the next segment but do the players feel good that like all of his buddies are still right, around right right i tend to think no let's talk about that in a second mm-hmm. but before we do uh got to tell you about the tailgate coming up this weekend oh yeah uh, for 35 bucks you can come to the DNVR bar grab a drink hop on the bus go to the tailgate get your pizza and your beer all you can eat Kinda all you can drink, just don't be an idiot. Um, and play games, hang out, then go to the game. Then after the game, you can hop back on the bus, get a ride back to the bar, come hang out for Sunday night football. Like a lot of people have been doing these last few weeks, and I love that. I don't know why. It's just we finish our post game show, yeah. everyone's downstairs yeah. hanging out, watching yeah. Sunday night football. We go mingle around, meet the people. Some people come up here. You you'll, yeah. you can get the opportunity to come up and watch the show live, which is pretty cool if you come by uh, back on the bus. So. Make sure you check that out. Also, if you just want to go to the tailgate, 25 bucks um for all of I mentioned at the tailgate without the bus. So it's an awesome deal. And like I've been saying all week and really since we started doing it, I think the best way to get a full day experience out of a Broncos game.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's so much fun when the bus gets here and Ryan, we're doing the pod and we see them all roll in. They come upstairs. So absolutely get those tickets. And guys, we got to get to our DraftKings sports book. Pick of the week. And guys, I'll tell you what, this NFL slate this week is so juicy in terms of the spreads. There's so many. And unfortunately, there's a lot that I like in the AFC West, but I'll go one on Thursday night. Mace. I like your Tampa Bay Bucks Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, they're six and a half. I love that it's under seven. I would mm. still like it if it was under ten. But the fact that it's under seven, I love it. Now, I Who know the Bucks, the Eagles Philadelphia. Mm. in Philadelphia. So it's a Thursday road game, which is tough. It's tough unless you're a really good team playing a not very good team. I
3: mean, any thought to Tom Brady's old body needing the full
1: seven days uh, to recover? Uh, no. Have okay. you heard of the TB12 method? I have, and it's a farce. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. Not, not for Tom. It's not a farce for Tom. But I think he's doing some other things. So are you ta- Oh. Uh, hey,
0: so are hey, you taking hey, the whoa, Eagles? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying here?
3: I'm not saying any. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't, kn- I don't know, so I can't make any accusation. I'm just saying uh, I think there's something else other than drinking a lot of water and eating avocado ice cream. Like he's Jerry saying,
0: Seinfeld said, you put a big matzo ball out there right now. Well, yeah. You're you saying know. he's taking TB12 pills.
3: Uh, Vic Fangio said the Ravens are a dirty organization and never really had to follow that up. So <laughs>
0: Unless they true. meet in the playoffs. And by the way, if the playoffs started today, Denver would be at Baltimore in the wild card round.
3: Yeah, and wow. Lamar Jackson personally <laughs> – has more yards this season than the Denver Broncos do on offense. Just
1: insane. Yeah. I mean, how about that performance from Lamar last night? He's makes, winning. makes the Broncos defense maybe not look as bad for getting shredded the week before. He's I mean, winning with
0: his arm. I mean, this changes everything for them, yeah. right? It makes them even harder to defend. I mean, this this might be the moment where the Ravens pivot from really good team to legitimate threat to win it all as long as Lamar Jackson's your quarterback.
3: First player in NFL history to yeah. have 440 passing yards and 60 rushing yards in a game. Insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely uh-huh. insane. Like, first player to throw for 400 yards yeah. with over 80% completion yep. percentage. Yep. Just over and over. Yep. What's crazy, though, is it just took them so long. Just let him loose. Like, this is back-to-back right. games. Last week, it's so funny. It was his first ever 300-yard passing game. And then he just goes for 442 <laughs> casually yep. the next week. Yep. Let him let it fly. Yep. Spread it out. Five wide. Let him go. The
1: 100-yard streak ended. Yes, it, it did. did. It did. And Lamar mm-hmm. was asked about it right after, mm-hmm. and he said, We got the win. That's all I care about.
3: Yeah, now the 300 yard passing streak is <laughs> over.
1: Right. I wish you would have said that.
3: Yeah. It's <laughs> new streak time. Anyways, so you're taking the, the Bucks minus six and a half.
1: Yeah, I don't feel maybe as good as I did because it sounds like you're questioning if Tom's going to be okay. Well, I just Tom's, don't know. Tom's, Tom's yeah. touchdown should probably be over three and a half.
3: It probably should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. their secondary isn't very good. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so yeah, give me the bucks. I feel great about it again. All right. Even though you tried to take me down, I'm, I'm, I'm loving right. it. Mace, what do you got for All us? All right, you
0: know what? If the Braves can't close it out against the Brewers, this is the last time I'll be able to do it is this week? Get Eric Lauer going today, game four for the Milwaukee Brewers, trying to keep the Brewers' season alive down at Truist Park in Atlanta. Over under is four and a half strikeouts going against the Braves lineup. As usual, take the over.
3: That's as, as simple yeah. as it gets. As it, sim- we,
0: well, look, I've got about a seventy-two. I think I I went back at and least, looked. I got yeah. a seventy-two percent percentage on this thing here.
1: Mace, what's going so, on? Um, what's going on in baseball? Just because I know the
0: Dodgers are down. Dodgers are Two down to their, on the Giants. They're down to their last game potentially, Game Four. You've got Houston and the White Sox. Houston up 2-0, game four in Chicago. Actually, it's going to be the first game up today. And then Braves trying to close out the Brewers today in Atlanta. Two games to one. The Braves are up in that series as well. And, yeah, that's where we stand. The Rays have been eliminated. The Red Sox beat them. uh, Actually, great game last night. Red Sox went up 5-0. Rays came storming back. But then in the ninth inning... You got uh, G-man Choi doesn't quite mang uh, Choi doesn't quite make the stab on the ball. So you've got an error. And then the result of that after that, sacrifice fly. Red Sox win at Fenway Park 6-5, bottom of the ninth walk-off sack fly. So yeah. there you go. There you go. Now All you right. know what's going on in the Major League Baseball play. Thank you.
3: Usually it's you guys who give out the long-term bets that we never really get to see if they pay off. <laughs> yeah, I won't thing. forget this one <laughs> after I give it out. Um, I'm giving out. Obviously, the Avs' season starting tomorrow, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they are the favorites to win the President's Trophy. They are the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And for me, for especially the President's Trophy, for me, for that to happen, they're going to have to get a great season out of their brand new goaltender, Darcy Kemper. Mm. And I actually believe that's going to happen, especially because they have such a great defense in front of them. So I'm taking Darcy Kemper to win the Vezina Trophy, given to the NHL's best goaltender at plus 1,000. He is the third um, highest-ranked player in here, plus 1,000. I think uh, that he is just awesome. I think he's the best goalie the Avs have had in a little while here, and uh, I think he's going to win that trophy. Uh, So what you're
0: saying is he's going to be the Matthew Stafford of the Avalanche?
3: Yes, yes. Gets traded from a— Different environment.
0: And brings him to another level. He's still got to stay healthy. It's always the concern with him.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what you're kind of betting on here is him to stay healthy. But um, last year, Grubauer, you know, ends up being a finalist. And right. I just, I think Kemper is such a better goalie than him. Um, I think Grubauer is a beneficiary of just how good the defense is in front of him. There are times where the Avs give up like 20 shots in a game. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of a Remember lot of games. Remember what he did
0: in the season. bubble when the Coyotes win against the Avs a year and a year plus ago and he was downright heroic for two games, he was, two games yes. yes
3: and then they they finally broke him down and mm-hmm. and started putting them through but this is the only reason they were in any game at right. any point right. in that series
1: i love um, it and you get much better odds than doing exactly. I, can, I can't i can't what what's the president's trophy was it plus 300 plus, plus 230 or something plus 235 yeah i saw that a couple days ago wow talk about heavy favorites and just to put that in perspective the Chiefs coming into this season were the favorites in the NFL to win the Super Bowl at plus 500 mm-hmm. and so the Avs are over double like well the- but that's to just have the best regular season record right right okay okay so I don't know what that's the Chiefs fair. would have been for that I don't think they're going to get it, though, at this point. No, definitely not. That is a bad bet now. Yes, it is. Which makes everyone in Broncos country happy. And speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, if you get in on DraftKings Sportsbook and bet $1, they'll give you $100 in free bets, which you can use on, you can split it up. You can use it on all three of ours. If you really like Ryan's want to go all in on that and to make some big money, you can do that. You can do whatever you want, including same-game parlays. Same-game parlays are great for Monday Night Football and for Thursday Night Football. Or if you just like one game on Sunday, throw a single or same game parlay on there and boom there you go, you're set. So make sure to check out everything they have going on at DraftKings Sportsbook and download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get that $1 to $100 in free bets. All you have to do is use that promo code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com 4700
0: also want to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. And, of course, we've got the Good Company Hard Seltzers here at the DNVR Bar. Also plenty of places to find them throughout Colorado. And beyond, of course, we've got the full array of Breck brews here at the DNVR Bar. They've also got the full array of Breck brews down at the Farmhouse in Littleton. That's the restaurant they've got at their brewery. It's right off Santa Fe. So you can check that out. If you want to eat in, no problem. They're socially distanced. Good to go. You're going to be comfortable there. But if you're still more comfortable at home, you can order curbside pickup from noon to 8 p.m. from the farmhouse. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use the code DNVR to get $5 off your meal, and they'll bring your order right out to your car. There's some great food. If you can't come to the DNVR bar, if you're down in the southern suburbs, the farmhouse, it's the next best thing. So check that out, of course. And wherever you go in the country, you want to get some Breck brews, check out the Breck Beer Locator on their website. Odds are, because of the great distribution they have, you're not going to be too far from someplace that has some of those delicious Breckenridge brews like we enjoy here at MVR. All
3: right, guys, let's move on here. And I kind of teased it before the break there. Um, a lot of times I worry about new coach games because a guy uh-huh. gets fired and the, the team rallies around the new interim head coach and it has this different vibe and it just, everyone kind of gets re-energized. I'm a little worried about that this week, but as I said before the break, I just wonder if it's a little bit awkward that despite the fact that John Gruden isn't going to be there, all of his buddies still are. And you know, that's essentially what this coaching staff is, is a, a conglomeration of John Gruden's friends. Um, and so, and and his kid, his kid is the strength coach, right. Deuce Gruden. Deuce, that's his name. Deuce, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what people are saying in the uh, facility right now. Deuce Gruden. Um, I ju- th- there's just something weird about that. Where I think the players are saying, like, cool. If he's like that, what are you guys all like? You know, also, behind closed doors.
1: Also, Ryan, the fact that the organization knew about all of this didn't tell the players, didn't tell the rest of the organization. The players probably uh, aren't. It's not as easy to say, "Yeah, Gruden's gone." Let's all get together because they know that a lot of people in the or, or some people in the organization knew about this. And like you said, these are his, these are his friends, these are his coaches uh, that he's been with for a long time. Just like you talked about, mm-hmm. the special teams coach been with him for a long time. So. I don't think there's a rallying cry around this unless it's just with the players themselves. And that could happen. And so that does still scare me, but overall... I think that this will hurt the Raiders more than it will help them for this week. And also you look, this is a very different thing than just a coach being fired for bad performance on a Sunday night after Mm -hmm. a game or a Monday. This was made for a really awkward Monday. I have to imagine for all of those players still didn't for an hour or so they didn't know who their next coach was going to be. And then today, it's probably a lot of debriefing just about what's going on, not football stuff. That's Who's what I was going to say. Plays?
3: You can't like all yeah. of a sudden just walk in yeah. today and be like, "All right, boys, uh let's get to yeah. work." Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? No. Like no. there has to be a whole meeting. Yeah, You're going to have to do like um just an opportun- like a, an open floor, I think. Right. Is yeah. at least what I would do yeah. if I was put yep. in the position as the interim head coach is, "Hey, let's let's just have a conversation here, yep. boys. How are it you guys might, feeling?"
0: It might be the best thing if you want to try to pull this team together you might want to start with that kind of open forum. It's we're the just, only way. I think. Led Bissach, by Mark Davis. Led by Mark Davis and Rich <laughs> Or He's there, but, well, at least. It's, it's an organization that's got a little chaos as well because, the long, because Mark Bidane, who'd been the longtime president, he left over the summer. So in the last four months, you've had Mark Bidane leave. You've had John Gruden uh, resign under pressure because of all this. It's a rudderless ship right now. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders. The
3: person I think who is most important to them having any sort of stability is Derek Carr. Yep. And I actually mm. think Derek Carr is a good leader. I think so. Too. Um so for me maybe he leads the forum. He's, and you know, everyone is everyone can be questioned. Everyone has to answer. All the coaches things all the coaching staff should be in there, but he's the one saying, "All right guys, like let's just have a conversation here. What do you guys want to talk about?"
1: That ...is how they should do it, and if that's how it's done, then that scares me for the Broncos this yeah. week because that would be the players rallying around each other because I don't think the players are going to be rallying around the coaches. But if it's done by Derek Carr and he really takes that... And they
3: should have a players-only meeting, too, where, where they say, hey, this isn't about them anymore. It's about us. Right. And Carr right. has
0: a and lot of motivation scary. to take the bull by the horns here because he's got one more year left on his deal, but all the guarantees are gone. The Raiders could cut him in the offseason and have no cap impact. Yep. So... He here's an opportunity here for Derek Carr to really establish what the next several years of his career are going to look like, what his contract value is going to be. And if they let him kind of take control of that, then it would enhance him. And I think, like you said, Zach, I think it would, it would scare an opponent if they rally yeah. around him. And he, look, the, the locker room does like him. But yeah. if they rally around him, rally around the other leaders uh, on, on that team. I mean... You know, Someone like Carl Nassib is a guy that we've seen Remember on Hard Knocks with the financial stuff. Yeah, they've, awesome. they've got guys with some leadership qualities yeah. all over the roster.
1: Yeah, Rally around them. Two things about Derek Carr really quick. How crazy is it that he lasted longer than John Gruden? Because the first year John Gruden came in, and then every offseason after that, we, we talked about, everyone talked about, okay, Gruden's going to go get his man Drew now. Locke.
0: Finally, he's going to get rid of this Derek Carr guy. He kept sniffing around quarterbacks. Every off season in the draft process, yeah, that was the thing. Like he never gave the impression of someone who was completely happy with his quarterback. But this is also—I mean, John Gruden did this in Tampa as well. He was always looking for something else. I mean, he was—he he he had Brad Johnson win a Super Bowl, and he's starting to kind of look around the corner. Remember, he tried—he had Jeff Garcia tried to bring in Jake Blummer at the same time, mm-hmm. but then Jake said, "No, I'm, I'm just going yeah. to retire." Yeah, He's. Gruden has never been somebody who's been happy with his quarterbacks, even when they've been playing
3: well. He's never even had like a great quarterback, though. And that's why we kept thinking, like, oh, you know, quarterback guru. He's the guy who met with all the draft picks. He's totally, we thought he would fall in love at the senior bowl. And he didn't. Or maybe he did, but he kept just coming back to Derek Carr. It was really weird. The whole, I mean, every move they've made, what's the best move they made they traded away khalil Mack. they traded away amari cooper they drafted khalil and farrell they drafted alex leatherwood they draft like max they drafted crosby colton the f- miller is that his name yeah, yeah. max crosby yeah. in the
0: fourth round maybe yeah, that's, that's like the best good. but move. that's
3: like yeah those yeah. are just everyone gets lucky darren in the waller later. bringing darren waller in okay yeah. that's
1: yeah. probably the best move they've made
3: they just the whole thing was a shipwreck from the beginning yep yeah. it,
1: it it really was and the second thing
3: that was a raiders pun by the way
0: what? Say that again. Raiders, ship. Raiders, oh, plunderers, hey, pirates, that all impressive. that. I mean, what if Derek Carr just like he just loosens up? He doesn't have John Gruden looking over his shoulder, critiquing everything. Who's their new coordinator? Greg Olson. I mean, I, Carr could go <laughs> off the here. tight end. No. Oh, and different guy. Different, uh-huh. guy. <laughs> different Greg Olson. Yes. I mean, what if what if Gruden just what if Carr just goes off here? Well, he's, right. he's already going off right, right now, but
1: so. I do
3: think there's something to be said for when there's a change and someone has new ideas, you know, like this, this coordinator has maybe been sitting there thinking like, why don't we do this more with their car? And yeah. he hasn't had the opportunity to, yeah. to and that's that the fear
0: you have this yeah. week. If you're the Broncos, it's the, that first game, I'd feel more comfortable playing the Raiders Definitely. a week down the line than this one where it could be a little bit of the unknown, unexpected, the stuff that isn't on film.
3: I will say, I mean, it's pretty stacked against them. We're already at Tuesday here. They're probably not actually getting back to work until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They're traveling on Friday or Saturday. Um, So they're on a really short week to try and like find themselves as a team. It's possible that they come out and play really motivated and Mm -hmm. the Broncos should be preparing for that. There's also a possibility that those guys are looking around at this coaching staff saying, like, I don't really trust you guys anymore either. But they're playing for
0: their own motivations. They could, yes. that's, That's the other thing that happens is you still see players play hard because they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for their livelihoods. They're playing for their futures.
1: Well, and the off-script stuff is the scary part uh, because maybe they do stuff that that you can't control. And you talked about playing for your future, and this was the second thing I had to say about Derek Carr, guys. And it came out Sunday morning that Derek Carr was not going to negotiate uh, a contract extension with the the Las Vegas Mm -hmm. Raiders until after the season. Was that because he knew that some of this was going to come down? Potentially. But now... He just has all the motivation to do this for himself, do this for his teammates, screw the organization, uh, and maybe he's out after this year, but now he has even more reason just to say, let me go get myself a huge contract
0: from somewhere else after this year. Maybe. I mean, that being said, his passer rating is down, his QBR is down, completion percentage is down, his touchdown reception ratio is worse than it was last year. So he is not he off to He still has really good stats, though, right? Yeah, he's— the last he, two weeks have gone his pretty QBR 5. His QBR is 54.5. His passer rating is 92.8. He has a 2-to-1 yeah, touchdown interception ratio, 8-to-4. It did really come down. And his completion percentage is down by 3.4 po- percentage But points. how about
1: this? How about he turns it around and does wow. what he did the first three games, and then he's going to say to other teams, he's going to say, oh, yeah, mm. it, was, it was John holding me back. Yeah. What?
3: Uh, if you're the Broncos— and this offseason rolls
1: around and yep, doesn't exactly work out
3: with yep. Teddy Bridgewater. And Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay
0: or goes to Pittsburgh because or, yeah, whatever. Aaron and Tomlin are giving each other kind of the googly eyes.
3: That that wasn't that <laughs> was just of. a respect. That was, but anyway, that was fun. Though. It was
0: great. I, I, I love I, that I it. Yes. You know, two guys are going to have gold jackets that are kind of in that mutual admiration society. Aaron
3: Rodgers just walks around Mm -hmm. with this smirk on his face at all (laughs) times now that I don't even know what to make of it. It makes me slightly uncomfortable. (laughs)
0: It's like he knows something that we don't. He's just like,
3: oh, (laughs) man, you guys think I actually care about this. I'm just out here doing this for fun, and I'm still better than everyone.
0: For all all we know, he's already been told that he's getting the Jeopardy job after all this, and he's just saying, I'm I'm just going to go footloose, fancy free, have a great year, then I'm going to go provide – anyways provide answers to questions
1: do you go after Derek Carr here's the thing about Derek Carr he's clearly not a guy that's going to carry you to a Super Bowl but we've seen that he is a guy that if put in the right situation he 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 could get you there he's gotten them to the playoffs once Right, that's why he's not a guy that's going to carry you there. Mm-hmm. But, Ryan, how do these stats sound? For what the Broncos want to try to do. And, and They need and, to stop
3: trying to do that. I hope
1: they do, but I have not seen anything. And maybe George Payton will change that because <laughs> yeah. there is a new guy on top. But I haven't seen anything to tell me that they're not going to do that. But how does 70% completion, 4,000 yards, and obviously a little bit more with this 17th game, uh, 23 touchdowns and 8 interceptions sound for the Broncos' <laughs> formula? It sounds like what... Teddy Bridgewater is on pace to do this year.
0: Yeah, Teddy's on pace for that's a good point. Yeah, he's on he's on pace for what? You know, 23 touchdowns, three picks, something like that. But if he yeah. does what
3: he's done the past two weeks, those numbers are going to They come are going to regress. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't sound like
0: enough for me. Um I'm 100 passer rating. Especially QBR because you are 70 at 35 million dollars a year. And that's the you're question, right. is it worth paying elite money for a guy who's on that second tier? Are you better off just putting your line back into the draft pool and trying to find that guy and at least having that guy be cost Okay, control. wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. though, wait, though.
0: Because, of course,
1: I want to go after a rookie quarterback and get my guy in the draft. But we're saying the Broncos decide not to go that route. Yeah. They didn't go that route this year, so at least there's a speckle uh, of, of truth to the Broncos not doing that in the future. Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't work out. So then I'm not saying this is plan A, but are you taking this as Plan C at that price?
3: No, I don't That's... think. It, I just think if your goal is to get the organization from here to here, then you do it. And maybe George Payton takes a six-year, you know, I guess he has five years left on his contract. He say, "I'm going to give Derek Carr a three-year, gosh,
0: ninety-five million-dollar deal or Kinda something." Kind of like the Kirk Cousins deal that was three yeah. years when they gave it to him in '18. Three years, eighty-four million guaranteed. But if you're George Payton, you look back at that and say, oh, that was the right move. Well, George Payton. And so George
3: Payton says, "Okay, that'll get us back up to here. And then when I have two years left on my deal, then that's when I make the big strike to go for whoever. And that gets us over the hump. Right. Again, I'm okay if you have a plan. Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to be that right now. He is supposed to be that. So. The the thing that I keep coming back to is I still haven't fallen in love with any of these college quarterbacks, so it's really mm. hard for me to say like but fallen just, out of love. Just go get you know, Desmond Ritter or whatever. I think he's like the most exciting one at this point.
1: Yeah. But um, what
0: if you could get Ritter at say pick or Matt Corral. Yeah. Like what what if you get Corral Ritter at say Corral. pick Corral? Okay. I believe. Ritter at pick twenty or pick eighteen. But may crazy Br- right. And now. and bring back Bridgewater for like a two year deal at Twenty million.
1: He, he's one of the highest rated guys right now, is, mm-hmm. especially with other people falling off.
0: He's yeah, he's high, he's a high rated guy compared to this class, but still, there's the general consensus is this class is not what. It but a top quarterback's
1: is. not going to fall to the twenties. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: either way, I don't want quarterbacks we've, in the twenties. We've
0: seen it like the twenty thirteen draft. We saw I think EJ Manuel. Went like 16. So if it's a week, if it's a weak year, I don't want EJ Manuel. Well, no, that's but that's a, the point. The point being, if it's a weak year, you're gonna see less, fewer quarterbacks at the top. This is probably gonna be a defense-heavy draft in the I top ten. I think it's 10. got
1: people have just got more desperate though. I don't even see that happening. I
0: don't want any
3: quarterback unless everyone thinks that they should go in the top five, and you go get them in the top five,
1: and you're in love with them. Yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. Up. Like
3: the the like, well, he could fall to us. There's a reason. Right. Um. So. It's an interesting year. I do think over time, this always happens, over time there will be guys who rise up, whether it is Corral uh, or someone else where everyone's saying, this guy, we didn't see it coming, and now he's right. he's that guy. You know, Joe Burrow, yeah. of course. Corral of no
0: might one. be taking the Joe Burrow path here. Yep. And I think if I had to bet on a quarterback going top five right now, it would be Corral.
3: Yep. Wow. I would wow. too. Um, he's legit. Yeah, and, and he looks awesome. So He does. Last and thing I want to talk about here, just because it makes me laugh, um, is our uh, our friend Benjamin Albright last night putting out, if Mayock stays around, don't be surprised to see him go after Dabo this mm-hmm. offseason. I hope they do. That's my first thought is, yes, <laughs> please do this. Some college drama. Please do this. I don't know how the NFL could not learn from what an idiot Urban Meyer looks like right now. To go to another guy who's been used to telling everyone what to do, getting everything your way all the time, and really just being like like a dictator. Right. And then sending that guy into the NFL where all of a sudden you're talking to grown men who make more money than you, and all of a sudden you're Doesn't work the way it used They're, to. And here, yeah.
1: Here's what the Raiders would be hoping if they made that move. They'd be hoping for Pete Carroll because Dabo is kind of a fire up guy like that, uh, and Pete Carroll successfully made that transition. But like you said, it doesn't happen all that often. It's like that, Pete
3: Carroll and Jimmy Johnson, endless.
1: Right, exactly. So,
0: so, and, and, well, no, so Pete, that's Pete what Carroll had been for. NFL assistant though. Right, right. He'd been a defensive coordinator. He'd been a DBs. Sc- Coach, and he'd been a head coach before he came back to Seattle because he was a head coach with the Jets for a year and mm-hmm. with the Patriots for a few years. So it's a little different. He yeah. Pete Carroll's more was more of a pro coach that's in, in college all along. Now Jimmy Johnson, that's the one that's kind of the most interesting because he didn't have any. Pro that was like experience. before Zach and I were alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's and and he's probably and he is the I think the most successful straight up college to pro coach. So you say okay. What are coaches who kind of fit that mindset a, a little bit? You say you, you, you don't want the emperor. You don't want the dictator. Well, the, you don't have you can get college coaches who don't have that, but they're not as successful. Like the Raiders probably want to make a splash and Dabo's a splash. But someone like Matt Campbell at Iowa State makes a heck of a lot more sense if you're looking for a college guy. Luke, Lincoln Fickle, Riley. At C- Luke Fickle at Cincinnati makes a heck of a lot more sense. Mace, you're Luke. making
1: too much sense, though. Yes. What did, what did uh, Mark Davis do? He won the splash. Yeah. So he got John Gruden. And he paid him ten
3: million dollars a year. I was looking at this last night. I think like so Gary Kubiak, who's three three head coaches ago for the Broncos, he was making five million a year. Vance was making four million dollars a year. And I assume that Vic is making right around that same number. I I, I couldn't find He's
0: making more than Vance once. So five. Yeah. Literally.
3: So like though even when they were paying two two coaches at the same time they're still paying still less. less than what yeah. the the Raiders were paying John Gruden
1: for the same results. Yep. Yep. And so that that's why Mace, I think you're probably right on board yeah. uh, of what college coach you should go for, mm-hmm. but that's those guys aren't splash hiring a guy hiring a guy from Iowa State. There is, I go with is, the logic again. Is yeah. not is there not the go. Raider way.
0: David would David Shaw wouldn't be the Raider way then, right? Ex- exactly. No, of course not. No, but, okay. They want
1: they want the big splash, the big name. Is
0: Doug Peterson a splash? Too it's too logical. Yeah. He won a Super
1: Bowl. It's that's, logical. Mace, I could see that's that. That's why no, it's logical, I, yes. I could see it. Yeah. But it's a splat, but it I, that's a splash. It is a it's splash because got, I think he's probably in, going to be the hottest, the hottest yeah. head coach this year. But if you're
0: done, Kellen Moore Peterson,
3: is the, is the gonna be the hottest, I think.
0: Who? You think so? Kellen Moore. Or Brian Dable. Yeah, but Dable,
3: something went wrong last year. I don't know what it was. He clearly didn't interview well.
0: And 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 what about Greg Roman with Lamar Jackson, what he's doing in Baltimore? For some reason I no one ever wants him either. I mean but that being said, the Raiders are an interesting job, especially given the resources, the new stadium, if you keep Derek Carr. But if I'm Doug Peterson, which job would I rather have? The jo- I'd probably rather go to Jacksonville. Oh,
3: God. If yeah. that opens up. Yeah. yeah. Although it's just, it's a graveyard. I mean, you're literally walking into a graveyard. But you're not uh, staring
0: at Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in your division. And you
1: got Trevor. And you have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Yeah. the
0: AFC South is there for the Jaguars to grab if they get the right coach and grab for a long time.
1: I hope we're not having this conversation, but a lot of Broncos fans probably do hope we're having this conversation at some point of just how attractive is the Broncos job compared to all the other open jobs out It depends there. on what they do with the ownership. But the thing is you're going to be hiring a new If you're hiring a new head coach, you're going to be hiring them before the new owner. And this
0: is why you might have to get unless this season goes really bad, if this season's like 8 and 9, nine eight, you might have to wrap your rounds arms around the notion that Vic Fangio is back next year.
3: Or you start moving quicker on this ownership thing because you realize we're going to have to fire our coach. We need to have some stability in this organization before we hire a new one. Mm-hmm. And so you get this ownership thing done sooner rather than later or
1: or this is joe ellis and getting to say one more one more stamp on the organization i'm gonna hire one last. no he doesn't want that
0: (laughs) i mean if you're to go back to peterson the name and he's going to be a hot name in the next few months Mm -hmm. if you're doug peterson why would you come to denver with the owner with not knowing who the owner is going to be
1: the ownership's really tough. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not a good conversation to have about how attractive this <laughs> yes. job would be compared to others. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's a conversation for another day. Um, but I just hope the Raiders hire Dabo. That would be so great.
1: Maybe you end up getting the Sean McVay, though, uh, uh, of the group, because Sean McVay was not anyone's top choice, like, uh, like outside of Los Angeles. And maybe you end up getting him. You know, yeah. that, that guy that's under the radar.
3: Yeah, I mean, that would probably... I mean, Kellen Moore is the closest Sean McVay but he, parallel, but I he's going to be I think he's the Mike Shanahan.
1: He's the Mike Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan,
3: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Broncos probably could have had him. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap up the live but he's not portion. good, Ryan.
1: Just remember,
0: Kyle Shanahan, not good. Bad record. It's
3: so hard. It's, it's hard <laughs> to tell. It's really hard to this tell. This is the
0: second time this has come up in conversation in the last, like, 20 hours. Yeah, that... Kyle Shanahan, for all the buzz about him, he's he, he has Cliff one has winning record. season.
1: Yep. Cliff yep. has a better record.
0: Yeah, yep. of course. Cliff broke through and is breaking through in week three, kind of like or year, year three. three, kind of like Kyle broke through in year three. That being said, with Cliff and Kyler, it seems like this is being built on bedrock. Yeah, like this should last. I love it. And Kyler has taken kind of the old school progression of a quarterback, right? Start off promising, up and down, pretty good in year two, exploding in year three.
3: Just for what it's worth, Cliff and Kyler was my plan. <laughs> yes, that it was. was. And it's working <laughs> now. And, uh, everyone's going to you know, say that revisionist history. Oh, But at the, when I was saying Cliff and Kyler, no one else was saying Cliff and Kyler. There you I go. Except
1: for uh, Except for the Cardinals. Except for the Cardinals. Well, <laughs> will that make
0: you wear a PHNX hat on this uh, podcast? No. <laughs>
3: Maybe I'll have like a... Um, one of one of those PHNX Cardinal shirts during the Broncos bye week, you know. Yeah. There we go. Uh, but they're no. your
0: second team now, aren't they? The they they were my second team before.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, the Eagles also because of Ali the birds. Yeah, I just like birds. We like birds. Yeah, like birds. All right, yeah. that's gonna wrap up the live portion today we're going to finish things up on the podcast portion again if you missed yesterday's show that's where you got to find it anywhere you listen to podcasts if you want to hear the rest of today's show that's also a great place to go we do have one super chat there we go did anyone have access to server's emails by chance me? And let's wrap up here again catch us on the rest of the uh, the show on the podcast side see you guys later all right guys before we move on i want to give a shout out to our friends at solace meds and also a shout out to you if you're listening to this in podcast form uh, smoking hot deals in uh, October over at Solace Meds, including 25% off Dixie Gummies, 25% off Solace Bars, 25% off Solace Sticks, 25% off Mile High Extractions, and more. And the best part about Solace Meds is the super discount. You take those discounts, you combine it with the code DNVR20, you get another additional 20% off the already discounted goods, and then You get a free Solace Bar or King Cone for mentioning DNVR when you purchase. They always take care of DNVR family over at Solace Med. So check them out at any of their four Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. It's Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E medscom
1: Guys, it's getting a little cold to, to mow the lawn outside now, but you can always use this lawnmower, the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped <laughs> any time of the year. In fact, you can use it in wet conditions. You can use it in dry conditions. You can use it in dark conditions. You can use it in light conditions. You can use it anytime because it is waterproof. It has a wireless charging battery, which makes it last forever. It has an on and off switch, uh, and of course, you can use it in the shower if you want as well. They've got the best product over best products over at Manscaped, including. A new refined body wash. Ladies, you're going to love the scent. Guys, you're going to love it as well. They just keep making great products and expanding their brand. And so check out all they have to offer, including the performance package 4.0, which you'll get everything. You'll get the crop reviver, the crop toner. You'll get the boxer performance briefs. You'll get the travel bag. You get it all. And guys, if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 20% off everything you get over at manscaped.com and free shipping so check them out over at manscaped.com and smash that code dnvr
0: you know we opened this podcast guys talking about john gruden and some of the negative comments that he made some of the vile comments they made so we've talked about things like inclusion and diversity in organizations well ball as in ball arena as in An incredibly large aluminum can manufacturer, Ball has been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a Corporate Equality Index score of 100%. So objectively, your background, whatever that may be, will not prevent you from succeeding at Ball. It's just about your hard work and commitment you are free to be your authentic self and if you work at ball there are lots of groups to join to represent your unique background if you want to meet people reach new career heights get support etc ball supports groups like the society of women engineers and many others so you can lead in your own space and become unstoppable at ball and right now they're looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help manufacture aluminum cans and bottles which they've been doing for a long time ball has been unstoppable is unstoppable if you want to work there and be part of this diverse empowering workforce text golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden to 77222 all
3: right guys let's jump into the comments first one comes in from coach tobin who says i'm just kind of blah about this team watching the games anymore is kind of boring i look around the league and see exciting and fun football I want what Arizona, LA, and Buffalo have. Are we gonna have that? Please say so, guys. Give me hope. And now Justin Herbert is gonna do this for at least ten more years. Ugh. I'm gonna still watch though and bug you guys with my comments. <laughs> They're my team, and hopefully we'll be fun again. Love everything you guys got going on up there. I'll hang up and listen, man. I um I I really relate to the, like the the thing about it being boring. It's funny because I've talked about this with uh, about CU football for a while now, where it's just like, man, you watch a CU football game and then you go watch, it doesn't even have to be good teams. You just watch like Washington state versus, uh, I don't know, Arizona state. And you're like, wow, this is exciting football. Right, Right. And, and for whatever reason, um, it's not with the Broncos right now and it hasn't been for a while. And this is why, you know, when they were in that last coaching cycle, I said, do something exciting. And, man, they couldn't have done the op- the yeah, opposite more decidedly. Vic didn't get yeah. you fired up. There was nothing about Vic that that got me fired up except for, you know, the fact that he had the defensive genius thing tied to him. Yeah. And that hasn't played out itself out either because dominant, you know, smash-mouth defense can be really exciting. That's not what they play. They play bend-don't-break. When you play bend-don't-break on defense and you play punt-punt-punt on offense – it's really tough to watch. So I do think that this next hire almost has to be, you know, last time it was right. Zig while the rest of the league zags,
1: it's time to zig
0: it's time to zig. I think they have that figured out. You need some sizzle here. Yeah. You really do. And you need something that's going to show that. Z- z- it's time to zag. I yeah, guess time I to zag, zag when everybody zigs or zig when everybody No, it's time to zigs. zag no, while everyone's zagging. Yeah, it's the time to do the same <laughs> thing. Yes. Now, yeah, everyone's looking for offense, and you probably need to do the same thing yes. here so, to try to get it in a more dynamic direction because when the Broncos have been bad in the last couple of years, it's been at the worst intersection possible bad and boring. Mm-hmm. You can be bad, but be dynamic and interesting. Yep. I mean the, the Cardinals were bad Kyler's first year, right? Yep. But they weren't boring.
3: No, they were fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And and when you're bad and boring, it's the worst combination. And for most of Sunday, they were bad and boring. And the last it was two a Sundays. Terrible game, yes.
3: And that's why people are freaking out. You know, I had a tweet and I, I haven't had a chance to respond to it yet. Someone like, saying, why is everyone freaking out? We expected three and two. A lot of people expected three and two. And it's, it's the way it's looked the last two weeks. If they lost on a game-winning field goal to Justin Tucker and turned around and maybe had a bad break, a fumbled punt against Pittsburgh that cost them the game or something, people would be saying, okay, get those things ironed out and we're back on track. It's felt the, It's felt the same way that it's felt for years now these last two weeks. And it has been boring, like objectively – boring to watch Mm -hmm. um and that's not what sports are about Uh, you know everyone's here because sports are fun to watch and they they are the broncos need to find a way to be fun again and it mostly comes back to quarterback but it also comes back to philosophy make get
1: an exciting philosophy back in denver that's what everyone wants. Bad and boring is how you end your sellout streak. Now, that would take a long time for that to happen in Denver, but that shows you it's the worst combination you can have.
3: Would you be excited? Did you see the tweet that I put yeah, out sir. of the, the roller coaster? No. Mm-hmm. I said, like, experiencing the most prolific offensive era in NFL history while watching yeah. the Broncos every Sunday, and it's this guy who's on a roller coaster just completely straight-faced. <laughs> just not having fun at yeah, all. Yeah, just not having any fun.
0: <laughs> Would you be excited about a dual threat type of quarterback with, say, Greg Roman coming over from Baltimore? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So would somebody, like, would long-term picking a Desmond Ritter and hiring Greg Roman, would that that be the kind of thing that you think could bring some excitement, some juice back?
3: I think it absolutely would. Again, I don't know if he's the guy. I haven't had enough time to watch him yet. Uh, But even, like... Jaden Daniels yeah. uh, as a flyer Carson with that Strong. like again I it's not what I want
1: but it would at least bring some excitement. Right. Yeah, it definitely would. Man, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this potentially. Next one from Windy City Bronco. He says, we haven't talked about bigotry in the NFL in a while, but Gruden's commentary makes me feel like it's time to bring it up again. I'm glad that Gruden resigned, but is it worth remembering that his bigotry was allowed to persist without much consequence for years? He coached two NFL teams was a major NFL media figure. He's now a very rich man. In the meantime, Kaepernick is the one that gets run out of the league. What particularly grossed me out was hearing some Denver radio hosts downplaying Gruden's original comments during Sunday's pregame. They refused to call the comments racist. They talked up how some of Gruden's black players forgave him without pointing out the obvious power imbalance for those players. Players are going to be inclined to make this about Gruden, but this isn't or people are going to be inclined to make this about Gruden, but this is an NFL problem. I think it's an America problem. Yeah. Uh,
3: Mm -hmm. When you really look deep enough into it. Um, But, you know, the NFL, there's a lot of power dynamics that exist and it's run by a bunch of rich white men, which, again, is also what our country is run by. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's definitely a problem. And it's something that we, you know, just as a society, I think, have to look into deeper. The thing about Gruden, I will say, is, is it doesn't, s- like, I don't know how to explain this. It doesn't sound like everyone knew this about him. Whereas, like, some of these owners who have been pushed out, people have been sweeping things under the rug for them for years. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy in Carolina... Who was just an right. absolute sicko who was being protected because of who he was the people that um gruden was was exposing this part of himself to was were other powerful people not necessarily good old boys were, club exactly and
1: they were his friends who weren't going yeah. to put that out because they thought it was normal yes they were also they're just that. like
3: exactly so it's a little bit different, but it does. It, it's a huge problem. Um, the pa- the fact that people, you know, were were kind of defending that and just saying, "Oh, this is just a one-off thing," um, I thought was, mm, for lack of a better term, ignorant. Definitely. Um. And now the truth is out, and and again, I think it's totally true that the NFL needs to look inward on how that they can be better, but you mentioned the term good old boys club. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a long time before that ever changes. It's one of the reasons why I've always been a proponent of Brittany bull and becoming a, an owner of the Broncos because having a young woman in a position of power in the, in the NFL is, is something that I think would be really powerful. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to end up working out for reasons beyond her being a young woman, I believe. Um, but it's something that is going to be really tough to get rid of when the NFL is the way it is—a league run by a bunch of rich white guys.
0: Yeah, and that's where I mean, money is is the ultimate factor in this. But uh, I mean, wouldn't it, it would be nice if uh, you know, for if there was somebody who looked different, came from a different background than the typical NFL owner, if that's the way this goes for the Broncos? Yeah. And I mean, Robert Smith I, is one of those. Robert people. Smith, and you remember when the name J, when Jay Z's name was floating around? Yes, a couple of weeks be awesome. ago. Yeah, I mean. If he could get the capital together, get the group together, why not?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the question is, are the NFL owners going to allow someone that's not like them to get into their club? Yep, yep.
1: They better. I hope they would. I really hope they would. Next one from TK Freeze says, "What's up, guys? I'm sorry. I'm always trying to not be that fan and so negative, but I'm sick of watching bad coaching. I'm sick of watching game plans. I believe this community could do or could be better." Um, I'm sick of watching mediocre quarterback after mediocre quarterback and band aid after band aid. I'm sick of best case scenario being barely making the playoffs. I'm sick of other teams in our division getting their guy. I'm sick of watching so many young, talented quarterbacks in the NFL when the Broncos haven't had a young, talented All Pro quarterback in 30 damn years. I'm sick of being a fan. I'm sick of this. I'm sorry. But I'm just sick of it. Sick of being a Broncos fan with no accountability from the top. I love you, DNVR. But what can can we as fans do now? How can we make it better? We need change, and we need it fast.
3: So I don't think this is like one of those things that the fans have to stand. Like, you know, you could maybe make that case for the Rockies, right? The Rockies yeah. uh, are a team that's okay with the status quo, or at least that's the way it feels. Um, and you can say like the fans need to demand better from the organization. To me, this is not a lack of trying from the organization. This is um, trying and failing. And I know it feels like this has been forever. (laughs) It's been six years. Six years of the Broncos trying and failing at fixing their issues. For me, you know, that's uh, a a small – that's, what, 20% of my life. Uh, For 80% of my life, or at least probably 70% of my life, the Broncos have been a dominant (laughs) – Franchise for other people, you know it's different. But you, you look at the Browns. Oh, look at you the know Lions. The, the Lions. Yeah. Look at some of these other places who never get it right. So to me, this isn't a problem of oh the Broncos are a organization that are just sitting back and and uh, are okay with this. To me, it's they have to keep trying. And all of this is the good news for the Broncos. Is it's becoming less about luck in terms of finding good quarterbacks. More quarterbacks are hitting. That's why you're looking around the league and saying, wow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, at the time, Deshaun Watson. It's not that, you know, um, that those teams are just better at scouting than the Broncos. It's that those teams are taking their chances and they and there are more good quarterbacks now. And the NFL is adapting to the college way of playing, which is making it easier. So the Broncos need to try is what it comes down to. And that's the one thing they haven't tried yet is big investment. Go all the way up and get your guy. And I think that's what needs to happen.
1: Well, and Ryan, when you talk about potentially uh, striking against the Rockies, that's to send a message to Monfort and and to the ownership there's no message to be sent to the to the Broncos ownership now because we know it's going to be changed in a couple of months. Joe Ellis has told us that, and it's likely going to be outside of the Boland family. So that's the only thing that, that fans could do, and it would never work with the Montforts in Colorado because it's too fun to go to Rockies games. People aren't going to do that, and people aren't going to not go to Broncos games. But you don't need to worry about that because that ownership is going to change, and
0: that could change everything. Yeah. But the funny thing, we talk about trading up for a quarterback, and... You know, you did have Justin Fields there available, and that's why. And I get, I get people' frustration. Right. There's nothing the fans can do to right. demand right. the Broncos right. to take Justin Fields <laughs> the next time <laughs> right. they get him. Right, but it's it's just interesting. Like you look back at uh, when the Broncos have gone quarterback, they went quarterback in 2016, and they got Paxton Lynch. Now, if the Cowboys half fast effort though, yeah, if the Cowboys had succeeded in trading and getting Paxton Lynch, the Broncos might have gone Dak Prescott, but it didn't work that way. But 2017 proved to be the year of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And then Trubisky was the dud in the Game of Mystery Day. 2018, Broncos sit there with a top five pick. They don't go quarterback. Yep. And then they pick in 2019. They seem, to, they seem to have this habit of picking quarterbacks at the wrong moment.
3: And, and I'm very afraid of that being this year's. Yes.
0: Well. And that's the one thing that concerns you with this quarterback class not being, for 2022, not looking as robust as 2021 when you had Mac Jones and Justin Fields sitting there at nine and you went in a different direction.
3: It's kind of, uh, I'm kind of starting to become of the belief, especially because, again, the hit rate is going up on quarterbacks, or at least that's what it feels like. Just draft
1: one in the first round every year until you have until one. until you have one. I Ab- would absolutely, absolutely, especially if you're not trading up multiple pick, like picks for him. Yeah, they, that's and, why that's why Justin Fields was perfect yes. or Mac Jones because you didn't have to mortgage the future. If he didn't work out, he didn't work out. And
3: honestly, they you know you know pretty quick now. Now Josh Allen is the outlier here where you could have questioned whether or not he was going to make it in this league in year two. Most of these guys you can tell pretty much in year one. Yep. Are they ready?
0: Yep. Um, like Josh Allen did show a lot of promise in years. Like, I remember when remember when the Broncos went to Buffalo in
1: 2019.
0: Yep. I mean, Allen and w- Allen, baby. You you knew that Allen was going by then. You knew that they were going someplace with yep. him. Yep.
3: But but the point is, you knew that Paxton Lynch wasn't the guy. Yes. So why did you try to convince yourself into silly, having him go silly, into silly. a quarterback competition the next year with Trevor Simmons? As soon as you thought. He should be in a competition with Trevor Simeon. That's when you should have realized. Let's draft another one.
0: Ask your yep. ask your Cardinals about that because they picked yes. Josh Rosen in eighteen, and they knew he wasn't the guy, and so they turned around and got Kyler in twenty nineteen. Yep. yep.
3: Yep. And that's the type of approach that I think the Broncos need to have. And if that means drafting, you know, the next Paxton Lynch this year, and then drafting the next, uh, Ky- uh, you know, Kyler Murray next year, fine, do it. You know Start what? Drafting you him.
1: know what everyone hopes it's not is doing what they've been doing and throwing 18 million at Case Keenum and in a, in a fourth-round pick for uh, um, for Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco and going down that route. And on this past Thursday night game, when Geno Smith came in and started lighting it up, I had a good friend text me and he said, "Geno Smith doing his Broncos audition right now." And I said, "No, that God is not forbid. funny. Don't say that. God
0: <laughs> forbid." But you, you know, you mentioned, sh- you know, and Teddy Bridgewater was a sixth-round pick that you traded for. him. Now, yeah. Bridgewater, I think, is the best of these quarterbacks that the Broncos have brought in. I think he's better than Flacco. He's better than Keenum. This doesn't mean that you're building around him long-term. Doesn't mean he's elite.
3: It's time. Yeah. It's it's crazy mm-hmm. that the Broncos legitimately just haven't tried since Paxton. They got burned, and that burn's sticking with them. And and the, we uh, – I actually had – Dre, I, I've mentioned this before, but I wasn't a big Josh Allen guy. I don't, there was a lot of people who weren't yeah. big on Josh Allen. But I did tell Dre, you should do a film room about how Josh Allen is not Paxton Lynch right. because I think that's a really important message to get right. out there, and he did this whole thing right. on the differences because, you know, you look at Josh Allen and you look at uh, Justin okay. Herbert, and if you put all, you know, both of those guys next to Pax and Lynch, you'd say, man, I, this might, you know, he might be one of those guys. Big, athletic, yep. huge arm. Yeah. So I wanted to say, like, don't let the last mistake you made preclude you from going down that road again because big, don't let athletic, huge arm can work in the NFL. It can. And both of those teams are, are reaping the benefits of that. We knew John Ellie always liked Justin Herbert. Another one that I didn't particularly like. Maybe I'm letting Paxton other. Lynch cloud my views of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, the Broncos got burned by Paxton Lynch and have let him continue to burn them by being scared to go back and, and do it again. Yep, exactly. And it's really just John Elway we're talking about, and, and he's out of
1: here. And but, that's the hope that yeah. George Payton has, obviously, no memory of that. And also... Just won't do what he did this year and pass up on an opportunity when one is there.
3: All right. We've got time for about one more before we have to uh, vacate the studio here. So let's go to Chicago Bronco again. Says, you have a good point about Murray and Herbert not necessarily stepping into stellar positions. I didn't get my point across well. The gist of what I was trying to say is I've lost all faith in being a QB away as the Broncos keep this coaching staff. Maybe you hit the lottery and a guy's able to step in as a rookie and put the entire team on his back despite a terrible scheme. That's a lot of ass to have of a young guy getting acclimated in the NFL. I think it's a lot more likely this staff ends up limiting the development of any talented draft pick. Unless we get Rodgers, I think this team is more of a coaching staff away than competing uh, than a quarterback away, though I really hope I'm wrong. I think they're both.
1: Yeah, A quarterback, though, in my opinion, does more than, than a coaching staff. Um, oh. No. A coaching staff can absolutely hold the quarterback back in terms of a Super Bowl guy makes him a playoff guy playoff guy makes him just an average Joe an average Joe makes him bad but if you're giving me one or the other I'm taking quarterback but Chicago Bronco I know what you I know where you're coming from and I know why you feel that way what
3: I'll say is find me a coach who succeeded without a quarterback you won't Bill find
1: Belichick's it. trying right now, and even if he succeeds right now, it's probably because because Mac because Jones because they is, got it right, right on Mac they're, Jones. they got
0: the coaches that have succeed without quarter, without having Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. They're gold jacket guys. They're Bill Parcells. They're Joe Gibbs. But it, were they able to sustain it long term right. without a quarterback? Well, Joe Gibbs was in Washington twelve years, and he went and he got good individual seasons out of like a Joe Theismann. Jay Schrader, Doug Williams, Mark Rippon He was there for twelve years, and I believe he only had one losing season and won three yeah. super. I, I mean, but Joe, but Joe Gibbs is a unicorn. Coach.
1: mike shanahan's being put into the ring of fame officially this weekend and a lot of people including myself and you guys believe he should be a hall of famer isn't he kind of a perfect example of this he's yes. a fantastic coach mm-hmm. look what he did with john elway incredible so much success look what he did without john elway still some winning seasons made an afc championship game a lot of success in individual seasons rode a ride right around eight and eight for a while but if you don't have a quarterback even with a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach, it's it's really, really tough. That's Andy what's keeping Reed. him out of the Hall
0: of Fame. Right now Andy Reed, yeah. Is the fact that after those first four years when when you're going through Brian Greasy, Jake Plummer, Jay Cutler. it should be a testament to him though, that, that they were still competitive. I agree. Yeah, but that's but, not
3: how it's seen. But you look at Andy Reid, great coach, right? Never able to get over the hump until he got a unicorn in Patrick Mahomes. It's mm-hmm. it's it all comes down to quarterback. If Vic Fangio had a great quarterback he would look great, too. Now, there is absolutely a case you can make where right quarterback, wrong system has happened before. But a lot of times the quarterback can overcome those things and make and force the coaches to build around them because
1: they know that that's how they're going to have their job. You know who knows this more than anyone? It's head coaches. Yes, and they they know. Just get get me a quarterback. That's that's what I need. Yeah, if, I mean we had can, a, yeah. we had a conversation <laughs> with
3: an NFL head coach one time, Zach and I did. Yeah, uh, in yeah. which he basically said like, "Well, if we don't get a quarterback, I'm going to be out of a job suit." <laughs> uh,
0: well, I remember yep. I remember John Fox. He would kind of occasionally when he would talk with media in Carolina, you know, had Jake DeLone playing well, but occasionally Fox he would kind of say. Yeah, you really need to really go all the way. You need one of those guys. And what he was mm-hmm. talking about was like a Peyton Manning type of guy. What's really funny And then and he got Peyton Manning and then. Still couldn't do it. Still couldn't. Because he close wanted the to deal. take
3: a knee because he was used to having Jake DeLone oh as his quarterback. Because he
0: decided not to work with crowd noise.
1: And how about Bruce <laughs> Arians kind of taking the opposite approach, saying, if I can win with Jameis Winston, I can win with anyone. And then he locks into Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he looks.
0: He didn't win with
1: Jameis Winston, though. They went 7-9. to nine. Do you think that not that what he said, though? If, if I can do this with that guy, yeah. I can Did do it with Did we ever talk
3: about Tom Brady's comment where he uh, was talking about uh, when he hit free agency and he said, quote, <laughs> he talked to a team about potentially yep. going there and they said, we're sticking with that guy. Yep. And he said, you're going with that F <laughs> Do you think there's any chance that, that was Drew Locke? Oh, oh
1: man. man.
0: I've thought about that because it's been ruled out that it was the Bears, right? Because when they were rumbling that he was talking about trubisky and the bears
3: okay was that that was ruled out
0: i believe that was ruled out.
3: that would be a candidate
0: yeah oh uh,
3: who what else? if it was i mean it would be weird for him to say that about drew after going four and one as a the, rookie the
0: titans maybe with Tannehill.
3: yeah could be <laughs> <'Cause Mike laughs> Look dumb everyone, there. <laughs> everyone looks so dumb including me because i didn't want him either um, I, I feel great about this. Let's keep talking about it. I love this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like, at least I have most of the NFL on my side here. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thought, man, you're going to have to sign him to a three-year deal. He might have one year left. Yep. Yep. And and, and my, that was my thing is he might have a, a year left, but are the Broncos in a position to win a Super Bowl right now? I didn't think so. Right. So it, it's. But see, Ryan, you're yeah.
1: learning from this. Because I think you'll still be open for Aaron Rodgers next year, even though he's older yep. and he's not having as good of a year this year as he did last year. You're you, you, you're you're learning. What yeah. if Tom Brady next year decided I want to go to a new team? Bring him here.
0: <laughs> Bring him here. Five year deal. I'd be so <laughs> mad at him. He, what if he was just like I want to see.
3: I want to be the first uh, player right, to win a uh, right. Super Bowl with three teams. Right. Peyton's yeah.
0: done two. I'm gonna do three. I don't yep. know. He seems to like Tampa. Too much. Yeah, he, and I don't. And th- warm I, I don't, weather. Yeah, I don't think his wife wants to leave warm weather. Okay, either. Miami.
1: Go to even a little bit warmer weather. Go closer well, to uh... South Beach. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: no, I, I do think though that all this does make you think. All right, Aaron Rodgers could actually be a five-year solution.
1: Mm, but it, how much of a difference is there between the TB12 yeah. method and the Aaron Rodgers Hawaii for the entire off-season method? <laughs> Big difference. Isn't, doesn't
0: Hawaii have the uh, longest average lifespan for people? Wow, wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. yeah, so there you go. Maybe there's something to being in Hawaii.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that you could do to make um, your prime last longer is go down to Green Mountain Dental mm, Group. Very good. They're gonna hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam. And they're going to take care of you while you're there, of course, if you need any work done. Uh, They are the place to go. They're the best uh, family-owned dentist group in the metro area, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group and tell them we sent you. They're part of our family. They'll make you a part of their family. Green Mountain Dental Group. But for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks everyone who tuned in. Some really great discussions today, I thought. Uh, We'll talk to you guys
1: tomorrow.